you know, when we were still house training him, he had the little corner of the kitchen with the papers down, the newspapers down to pee on mm-hmm. and, and to shit on. And uh, I just remember him just like going to the bathroom on pictures of the Challenger exploding. That was uh, that was in the paper at the time. <laughs> And just to see photos of the astronauts and the Challenger exploding, just the dog pissing all over it. Hello. Hi. Welcome to We Don't Deserve Dogs. I am Dr. Lisa Lippman. And I am Richie Redding. (laughs) Our guest today is a buddy of mine that we started out together in Philadelphia doing stand-up comedy, and he is extremely funny. If he's going to be in your town, I highly suggest that you check him out, Mr. Chip Chantry. Thanks for having me, lady and gentlemen. I appreciate you guys having me on. By the way, I have to go back. I don't remember if it was the first time we met, but like a a distinct memory of you, like, uh-uh. you, you know how you like, you go back and it's like, when was the first time you met somebody or when was first, I do have a memory of you at, and I don't know why this pops in my head, but at a place called, I want to call it tailspins. Do you remember that? It was the at the up. Northeast airport, like near the Northeast comedy cabaret. It was literally in okay. the airport. And I, th- I want to say Joe DeRosa ran the room and it might have just been a mic because I was brand new but I just remember you there and I just remember it being a terrible I mean people just screaming at us and uh yeah but and that's and I don't remember much it's literally just flashbacks that I have that's a lot of uh what Philadelphia comedy used to be was like the comics versus the audience and the Mm -hmm. audience didn't want them there but uh, we ambush them with our jokes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and, no- and nothing can hurt us anymore. Our souls are dead and we are invincible. It's the city that booed Teddy Prendergrass when he was a quadriplegic. Yeah. When I he think came so. out to sing. Yeah. 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 At, at, at very least, he was uh, he was in a, in a wheelchair for life and they booed the living shit out of him. Oh. But uh, yeah. Oh. So, so Chip is a guy that. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but we we did start out around the same time, and I always felt like you were like always uh, like two steps in in development, like ahead of me. Like you were always doing so well. You always like just got how to do clean comedy, and like always killed. And I felt like I could like I I could never catch you. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, and I I have to say I thought this same thing about you too because I you you were just you had that stage presence and just just the material to to do that. And I I think part of my thing with being clean, I, I think you said being clean, like writing clean, is I was a fourth grade teacher for all those years, and I was so frightened to get on. Not not even I mean YouTube wasn't even really a thing back then, but just to yeah. be seen on the internet or to have an 
a parent in the audience or something like that. Like I was so afraid that I always tried to write super clean jokes just because I was so afraid of like getting caught. Yeah. I was just wasted. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, one of the best compliments that I ever got that totally summed up Philly for me was that, uh, Pat Barker, who's a, a buddy of ours sure. said, uh, I was, I was the best in a bad situation. <laughs> that, oh, that's like, great. Oh Yeah. That, and I was always like the worst in those situations. I'd just be like, <laughs> I'd get mad at the audience or just, you know, storm, like storm, not storm off stage or just sort of like collapse into myself. And I saw you so many times. You're like, I'm just, I'm going to ride this bull for eight seconds and I'm staying on the entire time. And you thrived. Yeah, that was my thing. Like, I didn't know how to do what you did, which was like, when I say clean, it was like tight and it was like professional comedy that was ready for a club when like my best situation would be like there's a fire in the back corner and a fight off to the side and it's like oh i got this <laughs> exactly and that's what we got most of the time yeah like i like yeah. to consider myself like i feel like my style at least especially the first few years and i think to a certain extent now is i like to consider myself a, a best case scenario comedian like i'm going to destroy and do awesome if if it's in the best case scenario, you know, you know what I mean? Like I have great written jokes. I like that are prepared that are ready to go. But like, especially at the beginning, like if something was off kilter, it would just throw me off and I'd be angry or I'd be nervous. Or if it's not the best case scenario, it's like, ugh, this is just going out the window tonight. Yeah. And, and my, my approach on the other hand was like, when there was a heckler in the room, I would like go to the host and be like, put me up now. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be awesome. And I always love those guys because those guys would like just sort of, you know, be snipers and like take out those people. And then I could walk on and be like, okay, yeah. everybody's calmed down now. Now we can listen. You know, all right, boys and girls. <laughs> you are a writer for television, for shows, uh, including most recently the likes of Howie Mandel's, uh, I believe it was Dogs Doing Stuff. Animals Doing Things, yeah. Animal. I, I, was, <laughs> I was pretty close. Like, yeah. I got its essence. Yeah, 100% you got the essence. It was Dogs Doing Stuff. That was 70% of, of the show. So, yeah, so yeah. that was the most recent show I wrote for. It was for Nat Geo, Nat Geo Wild. Is it still on? That show? It, no, they went two seasons. I did the second season, and then Howie wanted to do something else, and now there's no television anymore. So uh, that's all gone away, uh, for at least for the time being. Yeah, we haven't really felt the effect of it, in, and we won't until next season when Netflix is just out of shit. Yeah, yeah. Why would you want to move on to other things, Howie Mandel, from that show? Nothing sounds more perfect than that show. We should probably start our own. Exactly. It was the greatest. It was... It was so much fun, and it, and it was just such an e not an easy show, but just a fun show because it's it is what it is. It's America's funny some videos, but all just like yeah. funny and cute animal videos that. So like even on your most stressful day, which TV writing and TV producing can be long, crazy hours, horrible deadlines, and you're just like up against it, work, working fifteen hours. But then we would just remind ourselves, it's like we're in Burbank, California, writing jokes about goats. Like it can't get that stressful. <laughs> jokes about goats is that an Instagram page? Because it should be. I don't know, Jokes but I, I assure you listeners that I follow the hashtag goats and pajamas. And <laughs> if, if Richie's ever grumpy, he looks at goats and pajamas. And <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. That was a secret. Yeah. Oh, if I, can, if I can plug and be shameless and, and plug something else, uh, my friend Joe from, I don't know if you, if you guys know the Found Footage Festival, the Found Footage guys from New York. Uh, they're hilarious. I know of it. Yeah. Yeah. So me and one of those guys, we have a, uh, 
an Instagram account that we started recently. It's very fledgling. We only got a couple dozen followers right now, but it's at fur underscore sticks, fur sticks, F-U-R sticks, fur underscore sticks. And it's just pictures that we take of our cats and our dogs. It's just their paws. So it's just close-ups of cat and dog paws. And then we solicit anybody wants to send in pictures of their pets, fur sticks. We just uh, post it. So it's, it is a nice escape from the world if you just want to look <laughs> at animal paws all day. I just followed. And, and it let me also just, sounds gonna, like- Just in case we're going to- we're See, not look at those guys. Those. Look at them. Just, <laughs> that, that doesn't read, Bip. I mean, Mine. No, it doesn't. Okay. Um, and it also has. And now the added I'm mesmerized. Well, there's one touching a remote. It, you like that one? That's a good one. I like the paw beans. Paw beans are really everything. Yeah, the underside. It has the added benefit that it also sounds like the word first dicks. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah, which first is, is kind of nice. Yeah, <laughs> that gives you a boost. You know, but. <laughs> exactly. uh, that is neither here nor there for the topic of this show. Uh, well, Chip is also a, a, a pet parent. Yes, and we first want we've we've hinted at Stanley already, but now we need to hear uh, the, the your your pet history. Yeah, yeah. So uh, currently, if we go backwards, so so we have Stanley. Stanley is a Shih Tzu Terrier, probably mix. We we know we don't know because we literally found him, and I can tell you that story. But we found him basically in the woods, so like we don't know book? his. Backstory. It literally, it was kind of like that. My wife, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, she was living in Chestnut Hill outside of Philadelphia, but which is fairly rural or, you know, at least wooded. And she was living with her aunt and uncle at the time. She was going to grad school. And one morning, this in the middle of the summer, this just dog looked like an Ewok, but was just all beat up, all rough, just overgrown, mangy. Uh, just showed up on the property, like came up from Forbidden Drive, which is part of the park, part of Fairmount Park. And uh, mm-hmm. they just, they're like, there's a dog on the property. Let's find him. And nobody claimed him. They cleaned him up, took him to the vet, uh, made him, you know, got him better. He had a bunch, a couple of tick diseases and he, some, not necessarily mange, but he lost a lot of his fur and, you know, a couple other different issues. Shih tzus are not meant to live in the wild. No. That's a dog that needs- well, That's the thing. He looks real designer. So somebody- you know, made him on purpose probably. And then do you think he's all Shih Tzu? We don't know exactly. He may be. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. you might, you probably have a better, uh, understanding. I'd have to look at him a little more, but I can't believe you found him in the woods. Good for you. Yeah. So he, um, you know, we're thinking it was, you know, this is going back to 2011, I guess. And it's sort of around the time of the recession and pe- you heard these stories about people getting rid of pets. They couldn't afford them anymore. And it's like, did somebody mm-hmm. just l- drop them off in the woods, let them run? I, I don't know. So, uh, so we found them and, uh, my wife took them in and we were trying to find the owner, never found the owner. So then we were deciding, you know, she kind of wanted to keep it. And I was the one, of course I was the one, she was just graduating from grad school. I was like, do you really want a dog right now? How long did you look for the owners? A couple of weeks, I would assume. I feel like it was a couple of weeks. And it was, we weren't living together at the time. So she had him. So I was sort of tangential, but- Did they scan uh, him for a microchip? Yeah, they scanned him for a microchip. They they put some ads out. Cut it out. (laughs) Yeah. Just (laughs) threw it in the woods where they found it. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, no, and no takers. And then we're like, do we give him away? Do we find an owner? We didn't want to just leave him. And she was like, oh, maybe I'll keep him. And I was against it at first. I was like, you know, why would we keep a dog? You know, you don't want a dog, right? And like, I'm an animal lover. I grew up with dogs. But I was like, do we really want one now? Do you want that responsibility right now? You just finished 
you know, a, a harrowing two years of grad school. We're going to go travel a little bit. Do we want this responsibility? If you were to take out the word dog from this whole conversation, this is for sure a decision if you're going to keep the baby or not. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I was thinking that too. It was definitely a baby. That's exactly what it was. And it was like, we're not keeping this thing. Is this the plot to Dirty Dancing? <laughs> it really is. It really is. And then it went south. Uh, but yeah, no, so we we kept him. And then I moved in the following year. How old was he when you found him? Uh, he Well, th- that's the interesting part. We don't know. The vet assumed that he was maybe a year or two old. Because we, we thought he was super old because he was just all old and beat up. So we're like, oh, oh this is like a 12-year-old dog. <laughs> he does look like an old man. Oh, he's, he's always looked like that. Yeah. yeah. And if he, you're covered in crap, too, you're, yeah. it's going to age you. Right. And then – but you primp him up. You put him through the old uh, the <laughs> car wash and then he looked a little bit <laughs> yeah. younger. But, but yeah, no, the, even the doctor was like, oh, yeah, he's an old dog. And then looked at his teeth and was like, oh, he's almost a puppy. Like he's probably a year or two old. So, so we put him at about, he's probably about 11 now. That's what, 10 or 11. Oh, that's what we're guessing. Okay. So you've had yeah. him a lot of years. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you grow up with? So I grew up with, my, my first dog was, was Petey, who was a, a Springer, I guess, Springer Spaniel. And, uh, yeah, my, my parents had him for, uh, this is ridiculous. My parents are Paul and Mary. That's their name, Paul and Mary. So they named their dog Peter because, you know. <laughs> Come well, on. Now that, we know where your sense of humor comes from. That's asking for it, though. That's a layup. You got <laughs> you to pull that off. So I remember him vaguely. I va- vaguely remember this, this Springer Spaniel. I loved Petey. Petey hated me and would snap at me because, you know, I'm the new baby and whatever. Uh, but when my brother was born, when I was about three years old, they decided to take him to the puppy dog farm. Because they didn't mm-hmm. want him biting the baby, even though I'm getting chomped on left and right. But the farm. they, <sighs> yeah, yes, the, the puppy dog, which I've never been able to ask ex- where exactly that that is. This this is a theme among our among our chip. Yeah. Yes. It's time we confront the, the issue. The farm. Yeah. Your parents. Yeah, your parents killed Petey. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They. Uh, yeah. He he went to the foreign legion, I believe, and is still I fighting. Look for it. That's the fighting. Uh, <laughs> So he got an overseas assignment. Uh, he did. He did. He just. He actually went out. Petey actually went out for cigarettes. He was a smoker. He went out for cigarettes one day, <laughs> and then just didn't come back. So happy. But I loved him, even though he bit me. And here's how much I loved dogs. I was thinking about this. So I always loved dogs. So I was probably about four or five. So he was gone by the time I was about three. And then when we we didn't get our next dog till I was in third grade. But in that time, I just loved dogs so much. Our neighbor had a dog, and it was a German Shepherd named Mickey. And it was a big German Shepherd, and I loved this dog so much. I I was four years old. I followed Mickey into his doghouse to, like, give him a big hug. And he started biting me because I'm intruding his space, rightfully so. And, like, I wouldn't (laughs) stop hugging him even though he was biting me because I love him so much. So, so yeah, that was my my relationship with dogs. I feel like that's actually my relationship with stand-up comedy. (laughs) Oh, 100%. (laughs) Just keep on hugging. And they just keep biting. Yeah. Bites yeah. my face out of love because I'm Please. so important to it. <laughs> it's hilarious. Can I get a guest spot of just a couple of nips? Uh, yeah. I, I I loved dogs as a kid and I always wanted to play with them, but I was I was like very wary of big dogs. Okay. I had a, I had a friend who had two Dobermans and like they were dinosaurs to me. It was just oh, like sure. I would play with every you dog. You were a little kid too. I was tiny, but it was like, nope. <laughs> and I feel like even with a German Shepherd, like they're at least cuddly. Like a Doberman is just 
pure muscle. And they were also the pit bull of the eighties. Yes. <laughs> they were vilified. Exactly. So, so I, I don't, I don't blame you for that. That's a, that's a scary, that's a scary situation. And uh, I was always a big dog guy. Like I always loved big dogs. And then I had the t-shirts. I had all the t-shirts, the big dog t-shirts, but no, I loved big dogs. <laughs> and then we got this little guy and now I'm 100% a, a little dog guy, even though I do love the big guys. Back to the, uh, the, the, the dog house. What were your, what was your parents' reaction to a young chip getting his ass kicked by a dog in its doghouse. You know, it was the 80s. They were like, shouldn't have gone in there, buddy. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like I needed stitches. It wasn't like he mauled me to death. Like I had I had a bunch of bite marks all over me and they were just like, yeah. We're so glad you're still here. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that's, uh, but yeah, but they were just like, yeah, don't chase a dog into his doghouse. That's not the thing to do. You just learned something. Teachable moment. Maybe you did. Well, yeah, no, it's, I've, I still haven't learned. I chase dogs in their dog houses. I corner them all the time. Good fences make good neighbors, and bites make good lessons. They really do. <laughs> they do. And uh, so, so yeah, so then when I was in third grade, we finally got a dog. We got a dog named Husky, and uh, you can guess that he was he was part Husky, part German Shepherd, part Whippet. So he's a Whippet German Shepherd Husky miss. Who named him? Uh, I th- I think it was my brother and I, my little brother and I, we <laughs> named him Husky. And that also predated like DNA testing. So did, did you, how did you guys have it on such good word that it was that combination of things? He was a puppy and we got him from a friend of a friend who had a litter and they knew the two, the parents. So we just went by what the parents were. I think it was a Husky and then like a, okay. a German Shepherd Whippet mix or whatever was in that in that mix there. So that's, so we just, we just knew that. Good for that whip it. I know, right? Oh, he could run. He could run, man. He could, he could, he could fly. And he wasn't actually that big of a dog. You would think Husky whip it, German Shepherd would be a big dog. He actually wasn't super big, but he could, he could move. Um, and I still, my first, I still remember we got it. We must've got him. I think, I guess it was an 86 because I still remember this is horrible, but the, um, you know, when we were still house training him, he had the little corner of the kitchen with the papers down the newspapers down to pee on mm-hmm. and, and to shit on and uh i just remember him just like going to the bathroom on pictures of the challenger exploding that was uh that was in the paper at the time <laughs> and just to see photos of the astronauts and the challenger exploding just the dog pissing all over it because we got him in january of 86 oh chrissy mccullough the yeah. first astronaut in space to get shit on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. So it was just a na- nationwide tragedy and our dog would piss on it, our puppy. Oh. Wow, that's amazing. What a way to just embed something, time and place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just totally ingrained in my memory. Like I learned about that. Just that's that's it. Is that how you found out about 9-11 too? Yeah. I had a parakeet <laughs> named Whiskers. <laughs> Uh, the, the way I found out, I still, the way I found out about the challenger is again, the most eighties, like just delicate way of how we handle children in the 1980s. I was in third grade. We were all excited about the challenger. We all knew about it. We all heard about it. And there was literally like one TV in the school where I went to, you know, cause it's, it's the eighties. You had to wheel the cart mm-hmm. around. So we didn't get to see it live. The cart. Yeah. Yeah. The, the <laughs> And we were at lunch when it happened and we saw all the teachers and and the lunch ladies like in a huddle talking about something. And they're kind of like, you can tell they're kind of upset or at least animated about something. They're all stress smoking in the cafeteria. Oh, exactly. Just, just (laughs) pow mouths. And 
Mrs. And her name was Mrs. Kaiser, which is just exactly her personality. Just this like older German lady, very sweet, but just no nonsense. And uh, she came over and we're like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, the challenger. And we're like, oh, it went up. And she's like, yeah, it exploded. Mm-hmm. And there was right. just this silence at the lunch table. And then picture just like a little round face, blonde Chip Chantry, just in my little prepubed voice, just said, because I didn't know what else to say. She's like, yeah, the challenger exploded. And I just, I just piped up and I said, are they okay? <laughs> <laughs> and she looked at me. She just oh. looked at me, and this is the, how I learned that they weren't okay in the most delicate lunch lady way. She just looked at me and then just laughed and shook <laughs> her head and was like, no, no, they're not okay, and just walked away. Oh. And that's how I found out about that challenger. They are clouds now. Oh. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back to find out more. About Stanley. And we're back. Chip Chantry, Philadelphia's finest comic. Uh, so that was nine years ago with, uh, with Stanley? Ten years ago? That you got yeah, him? 2011. Yeah, Janu- uh, July okay. of 2011. And uh, whose dog was he first? How did he win you over? Oh, I mean, so he's definitely my wife's first because he lived – it was before I lived with, with them. And, I mean, he's, you know, first love. You know what I mean? So uh, Did he give you stepdad energy? He he didn't. He's super laid back, so he definitely didn't give that energy off. And, like, he was pretty cool right away. She had a cat when we first started dating that would pee on my bag when I would come over when I'd stay for the night, like awesome. territorial. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So how did that situation remedy itself with a, a, a cat that's making pee pee on your stuff? Uh, he, uh, he wasn't around for that, that much longer. He was, uh, he was an older cat and, and you uh, killed him. <laughs> look, I, I don't like to get into the details. <laughs> I don't need, we don't need to rehash the past. But uh, but we 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 did make up. We did make up. Um, he went to the but, farm. Did you bring him to the farm, Chip? Exactly. So that's what exactly. you learned when you were growing up. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah. So but now we do have we do have the dog, and t- we also have two new cats as well. Newer new cats. cats. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, they've been around for a while, but not the fir- not the original cat. We've got a Drake rule: no new cats. <laughs> is that what it is? Okay. No All new right. cats. Homie. Apologies. So, and what made you decide to get two two cats at once? So my my wife would we would have it would be a uh, Noah's Ark in our apartment if it was up to my wife like she would have <laughs> every animal which I love but like it's just it gets you know we have a one bedroom apartment you can't have you know seventeen goats and three dogs and you can though but you can I don't you can I don't understand. yeah I can that I don't is understand. true. <laughs> but yeah, she, uh, yes, yeah, she, well, she found Stanley. She found Ernie, which is our first cat together, uh, in the parking lot. I approve of all these names. Yeah. Oh, it's my wife has very strict rule. It's all old man names. So we have Ernie. Yeah. Uh, that's what I like about him. Yeah. Stanley and Gary. Gary is our, our third cat. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, she found Ernie when he was literally could fit in the palm of her hand in the space in the uh, the old Spectrum parking lot, which I, well, actually I guess is the uh, uh, Wachovia parking lot because she worked there for a while as a graphic designer for the Sixers and literally one day at lunch found this kitten. So we have that cat. And then uh, when Butters – You kind of have to keep a cat that fits in your hand. You do. You do. It is fair. He is hand-sized. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we kept him in a cage so he couldn't grow. 
It's kind of like a goldfish rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Foot bond- binding for, uh, yeah, for cats. For cats. Yeah, for whole yeah. cat bodies. For a whole yeah. cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So That's Ernie's about call. 10, but he still fits in the size of my uh, size in, in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so once our first cat then passed away, because they got, they got along really well, and then he was alone for a while, and then we got Stanley, and Stanley wanted nothing to do with the cats. He just ignores them doesn't want them close. We'll snap at them every once in a while. Nothing crazy, but just territorial. Doesn't want them around. Uh, so after a few years of Ernie being, we felt bad that he was all alone. So we went to Paul's and got uh, Gary, uh, whose original name, his name was at Paul's at the uh, at the shelter was Turkey Leg, which is a great name. Great name for a cat. Just Turkey, <laughs> turkey Leg. Turkey Leg That's in what particular. the shelter name. That's yeah. uh, creative. Turkey Leg. Uh, so we, we, we renamed him Gary, and now they're like best buds. So the two cats love each other, and uh, the dog doesn't really want anything to do with them, but they're cool. So they got each other. Wow, that is quite yeah. the uh, the crew that you got there. Yeah, I don't mind the name Turkey for a dog for my hypothetical uh, future dog. It, it's in the mix. It's a great one. It's a great name. Uh, uh, yeah, what's up, Turkey? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's fun. You can have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> but uh, Chip, we are going to uh, indulge in a Cosmo style personality test, okay. so that we may better get to know your beloved Stanley. Okay. Okay. On the Kinsey scale, one being the gayest and ten being the straightest, where does Stanley fall? I'm going to put him at about a four because three or four because he's more of like a uh, he's a confirmed bachelor like he's just an older gentleman mm-hmm. who hangs he's Mr. Belvedere basically like that's the feel <laughs> of him so it's like there's probably <laughs> been some ladies but maybe not it's a good it's a good new name by the way next name for you Mr. Your... Belvedere yeah oh I, I, that would be that's a great that's a, I, I gotta write that one down okay <laughs> since we're doing asides are you familiar with the story of when Mr. Belvedere sat on his own balls? It's my favorite story, I think, ever. 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 If I don't believe that Lisa does know it, so Chip, since you know it so well, please go for it. So are you familiar with Mr. Belvedere, the television show? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So right. there is- Saved by the Bell. There's an urban legend. No, wait, what? Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell? Oh, oh, it's his own show. He was his own show, right? He was a butler. He yeah. was the butler. Out. I was young. Got it. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He I was got it. a magically wise butler. Yes. He yeah, was English and he was portly. So the, there's an urban legend that they had to cancel production for either the day or the remainder of the week, depending upon how the story went, because one day during either during rehearsal, between rehearsals, a table read, a table read, I believe. And then there's a story that it was at some parade, like the like the Rose Parade or something like that, where he was on. He he sat on his own balls. And yeah, uh, he was in a uh, like a do velour, not do that all the time. He's in a velour warm up <laughs> suit, and he no, you Boys have to be very long in the balls to sit on your own <laughs> balls. It, okay. Yes, it, I mean it's basically Got like it. saying I sat on my tits. Got like it, it does, <laughs> yeah. it does not occur. Got it. Okay. And they had to they had to cancel the remainder of the day or the week or whatever it, it was uh-huh. because he sat on his own balls. He but also, but you have to keep in mind that he's the star of the show. Yeah, he's the last one to get there because yeah. that's a swinging dick move that you're the last one to get to the to the table read. Yeah. Right. He's got all the juice in the room. Right. He sits down and howls in pain and falls off his chair (laughs) and has to get carted off because Mr. Belvedere just sat on his own balls. Okay, Okay, back to our personality test. How's he doing on the gram? Gram ability, one through ten. Yeah, um, he's 
he is the gram. His his Instagram's real cute. It's very it's, it's very cute. I, Stanley. I feel like it's my fault it. that he um that he that he hasn't gotten more that I haven't publicized it more. But everybody loves it, so I'm gonna give him a seven for that one. Okay. Okay. Uh, his savagery. Cute. Oh, does he go beast mode? Uh, two, two. He's 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 not, a refined gentleman. He did he did last in the woods, but uh, for uh, yeah. for a while. But like, yeah. I don't think he did very well at it. You know, like it literally could have been the experience where he was like all beat up looking, but like he could have literally been in the woods for forty eight hours, and just that's how bad he got because he, he couldn't. <laughs> he could have been out there for six months or two days and just like rolled down a hill and started looking like that. So yeah, yeah. Not or he savage. could have like seen a nice warm house, and he just like put soot on his face, kind of thing. Yes, you know. Yeah, I'll, it's like a kid. This is like I have to look poor. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> yes, he's the canine Oliver Twist. Yeah, he's just rubbing bugs into himself. <laughs> <laughs> I need more ticks, please. Um, stamina, uh, two. He's got those little legs, and uh, yeah, he's not he's not going far. Dude, I know somebody that has a Lhasa Apsa that's like a freaking mountaineer of a dog. Okay. Which is to say that his lack of athleticism is your fault. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, problem solving. If it's, if it's food related, he's like a nine. He can figure that out. Oh. Yeah. If it's anything okay. else, about a four. So we need some <laughs> treat puzzles. Yes. Some toys, some food puzzles. Exactly. Okay. Uh, street smarts. We live in South Philly. Uh, if he wasn't on a leash at all times, he would literally run in front of any car that he saw. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give him about a one for that one. Yeah, that's not the best. Uh, special skills. Um, he can turn on the charm. Just everybody, you know, like he can give you that look and uh, it, it just works out for him. He can have things brought to him or give given anything just by by flashing the baby browns. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, how bougie is the boy? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give him about a, about an eight for that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Discuss. Discuss. He's uh oh, he's just very fancy and just uh, you know, love loves central air. Loves to. I mean, he sleeps on my pillow. Like, I mean, his head is on my pillow in you know, between us. So, <laughs> so he's he's not roughing it. He is. Uh, you know, he's he's going he's going full throttle. He wants uh he wants the good life, the lap of luxury. Funny. A thing that drives both of us crazy about Chloe in the best way possible is that she always uses pillow, pillows correctly. Like, she's never put her butt on a pillow. She's never put her paw on a pillow. It's boom, head on the pillow or, or a double pillow. Yeah. Like, like whatever. a person. Right. Always. Like, if she there's a pillow on the couch, she manipulates it to make sure it's under her head. Like, if she had, like, a, a Shea lounge, like, she would be able to, like, pop, like, a fainting <laughs> right. couch would just be able to use it. Yes. Totally properly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't see too many fainting couches these days. You don't. Um, cock blocking skills. Oh, like a like a nine. Yeah. He's uh Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 in there. He wants to be in there and uh it's yeah, it's <laughs> tough. You gotta you gotta work around his schedule sometimes. Well, this is as good at any time in the podcast to uh, to let Lisa and our listeners in on Stanley's health situation because it's so touchy that you were concerned that he wasn't going to make oh, it I didn't know this. for this podcast. Nobody told me this. Oh, whoa. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, we didn't know. Yeah, so I, that, that's – It's good storytelling on oh. Mind and Chip's part. Oh. Yeah, that, that's part of the reason why I was yeah, – I was – 
I was kind of hesitant to do it, not even know if I'd be able oh. to do it. Yeah, so he, so he's he's been great though. Um, so he had we found a a big lump on him about, uh, I guess back in the fall, back in September, and it was like this big lump that you know we got tested out, and then uh, they're like we can do surgery, so they went in to do surgery to try to remove it. The when, when we talked to the surgeon that night, she was just like exhausted, and she said that it was so big. When she went in, she almost just like didn't even try and just like sewed him back up because she's like, it's just, it's, she was like, I mean, this dog is 20, it's a Shih Tzu, you know, so he's like right. 20 pounds. She was like, it's, it was the size of a large grapefruit. Like that's mm. how crazy yeah. it was. What? So they got about 80% of it out, but they couldn't get all of it out. So they got about 80%. Uh-huh. And uh, so we just kind of kept an eye on it and it really didn't grow for a while. And like he was, I mean, of course the the surgery took a real toll on him, but then, uh, he bounced after like a week, he bounced back. He was like his yeah. old self. And then, uh, about a week ago, he really stopped like his appetite really went downhill and wasn't mm. eating. And he's like, he eats everything in sight. Like he's always been the type of yeah. dog. you have to keep food away from? But he, um, so we took him off the chemo about a, a week ago and he still uh-huh. he still just wasn't bouncing back like just didn't really have mm-hmm. an appetite so we took him in they did some some tests and you know his liver levels and everything are like way off way off off the charts so it's you know it's it's kind of it's kind of run its course i think so we're just kind of waiting now so they did put him on a which is something i want to ask you about a liquid appetite stimulant and uh-huh. an, an anti-nice Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And mm-hmm. an anti-nausea mm-hmm. med. And then- mm-hmm. Serenia or Indansetron? Yeah, maybe. I think so. Mm-hmm. And then they okay. put him on a steroid to like, mm-hmm. hopefully maybe the swelling of the liver or whatever, like to bring that down, mm-hmm. just to make him comfortable. Maybe, you know, so he eats a little bit more. But so here's one question I have for you. Uh, we give it, We give him the- the liquid in that little syringe, you know, we shoot it in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And I've like watched the videos. He hates it though, of course. And he's got the big beard. So it's mm-hmm. even hard to like, you know, with like, if you have a lab or something like that, you can kind of, kind of lift up the, the cheek. And of uh-huh. course he doesn't like getting his jaw touched at all. Like he's always been weird about that. Uh-huh. So I was just wondering, since he doesn't like getting that, the the appetite stimulant, you know, what are some alternatives to trying to give him that syringe if he, if he doesn't like it. Yeah. So, um, I'm really cognizant of this because I'm really not into, you know, you having to struggle with him to do these things, you know, it's all really all about quality of life right now. So, um, I work with compounding pharmacies and I'm not sure if they can do this with entice. It always sort of just depends on the drug, but it's possible that they might be able to compound entice into a tablet or into a treat form rather than a liquid. Um, or there is also another appetite stimulant called mirtazapine, which works also, um, that you can try instead. So I think it's worth trying one of those things instead of fighting with him to get the entice into him. How did my question is how, what does an appetite stimulant affect? Uh, the brain. Is, uh, you know, that's interesting. I did, Cause I was wondering like what, what, yeah. What's the chemistry there? What They're if we usually, got our I'm hands not, on I'm it? not positive of that. The entice is pretty new. I'm, I would assume the mechanism of action is that, but with mirtazapine, I believe it is also, I mean, some also like, um, some 
benzodiazepines make you hungry, like Valium or uh, Valium in cats actually makes them really hungry. It makes them eat. Some people will give them Valium. And steroids make you hungry too, right? Steroids make you hungry. Steroids affect every single cell in the body. What if we got our hands on some Entice (laughs) and went to a buffet? Would we just stick it to them? (laughs) Entice is strictly a dog drug. So yeah. Bring her own vomitorium (laughs) and just go, just take it to the house. You just, you just come in with the droppers and they're just like, no. No. <laughs> yeah, if you if she stops, I just open her mouth and just shoot it in there. Oh. <laughs> You're going to get your money's worth, woman. Oh. oh, well, I'm so sorry. And do you have any any uh, suggestions for like other foods that might? And, oh, and he, so here's the question: Do you think it could be a psychological thing where it's like? he moves on from one food to, so he tries a new food, but then doesn't like it. Is it like, does, is he just not hungry or do you think he, is he relating? Oh, I ate piece of a hot dog yesterday when I was already nauseous and it made me nauseous. So now I'm afraid of hot dogs. There's no way he's smart enough to do that, dude. No, you're wrong. Cause we definitely, (laughs) they definitely get food aversions. So we know, Mm -hmm. like for example, if they're in a hospital and we want them to be on a certain prescription diet, we often won't start them on that prescription diet in the hospital because we don't want them to relate it to like not feeling well and being in a bad place and away from home and stuff like that. So food aversions in animals are very real for sure. Yeah. I stand corrected, but I also question it because I'm pretty sure that when Chloe almost killed herself by eating Rimadyl, she would have come right back the next day. She didn't know. It was still just delicious and she would have kept it down, but then I made her vomit. It. So sweet, like sweet two Rimadil. hours later, it wasn't even immediate. So it's very different than when you're like eating and. You know, one silver lining to this whole, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. I, I, I don't want to bring this up and I want to bring the, the mood down, but there's a global pandemic going on <laughs> right now. I don't know if you guys have been following the news, but whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but the, 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 the one silver lining is that and, and and the great part is he had his surgery back in October and up until last week, he's been perfectly fine. Like yeah. just great. So we've, we've been enjoying him for all this time. We feel yeah. like it's almost borrowed time. It's been mm-hmm. great. And then since March, we've both been home 24 hours a day with him. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're just nice. like chilling out with him all the time. Yeah. We take him out back. We hang out and have some drinks. He lays yeah. around and, you know, that's so great. like, it's not like I'm on the road or she's yeah. at work all day or whatever. So it's like, we've been with him, which has been, which has been great. You that's know, so, so it's nice. like, we've yeah. been thankful for that. And we get to do a whole podcast about him. So exactly. He, he exactly. lives forever. A hundred percent. If you don't have any other questions for the doctor, uh, you have been every bit the guest that I knew you would be. And uh, there's only one thing left to do, which is to determine by way of a quiz if you, Chip Chantry, deserve dogs. You know what it is. It's time for a quiz about dogs and shit. All right. Um, And this is the Philadelphia edition. Nice. Meaning that it will be all about the Tom Hanks movie, um, never mind. Uh, (laughs) uh, Philadelphia's most beloved pet, the Philly fanatic, which is for those that don't know, the morbidly obese rump shaker with a kazoo for a nose that got into hot water in 2018 because he battered a woman by firing a cannon into the crowd and hitting her in the face with what? A water bottle, a hot dog, a t-shirt, or Epstein didn't kill himself? Uh, If I can pick two, I'm going to say Epstein didn't kill himself, and I believe a hot dog. 
Both correct answers. All right. All right. Yes, it was apparently a slow news day, and Miss Kathy McVeigh got a lot of coverage. Um, somehow, the hot dog smacked her in both of the eyes and her nose. I've seen videos like that before on the internet. I'm not going to lie. I, I think her husband hit her when the uh, Phils didn't cover the spread, and of course, she, she just blamed it on the hot dog. <laughs> Much more likely. And blame the green alien. On the, on the four-wheeler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The alien with a cannon. Okay, this is, this is a, a much more germane to our show question. In the movie Rocky and Rocky Two, there was a 140-pound bull mastiff that appeared alongside Rocky in multiple scenes. Who did that dog belong to? Carl Weathers, Talia Shire, a.k.a. Adrian, Meredith Burgess, a.k.a. Mickey, or Sylvester Stallone. I want to say the dog's name was Buttkiss. Is that? I'm not sure if that's. I think his name was Buttkiss, and he at one point belonged. I think if I if I get this, I might get bonus points. Belonged to Sylvester Stallone, and then I think Stallone had to sell him just to get money, and then he bought him back. I think is wow. that the case? <laughs> Head just exploded. Nobody yes. has nailed How a question that? Wow. that hard. Ever. Wow. You let, uh, see, I'm, made. Uh, I, I'm very proud of myself. That's yeah, actually what. Butt kiss? Yeah, that's actually what uh, Chip used to teach his class on to those fourth graders. It was just, yeah, it was just Rocky history. That's all it was. <laughs> it was the most Philly class ever. There's <laughs> nothing but Rocky facts. Oh, that's great. I, I When I was living in LA last year, I literally got, it was around Thanksgiving, and I rem, I watched Rocky one Saturday morning, like in my little house in Van Nuys that I was staying with two other comics. And uh, I, was, I was alone, I was watching Rocky, and I literally got misty-eyed because I saw the stoops on the sidewalk, and I missed yeah. Stoops because I hadn't seen them in like months, <laughs> uh, and that's what that's what got me upset. Nostalgic. It is the best part of Philly is getting stupid, but um, <laughs> yeah. yes. So the dog named Butkus came into Stallone's life in 1969, and he was wow. when he was a struggling actor. He promised Butkus that when he made it big, he would fly first class with him. And the original screenplay, which I believe Stallone wrote, called for a dog that was a scrawny flea bag, but they didn't have money in the budget. So it was cheaper to have the producers fly his good boy butt-kissed first class than to have them pay for a trained actor dog. <laughs> and that's a that's piece amazing. of Rocky history. Wow. All right, yeah, that's beautiful. That's <laughs> beautiful. I did not know the first class part. That's yeah. great. <laughs> um, okay, so you're two for three right now. You're playing with house money, but okay, good. Uh, we've got time to fill. So we're just going to work. Sure. Gonna, yeah, we're going to rock out with this last question. This past Christmas, a stray dog in Philadelphia made headlines because she found her forever home when a couple found her where? In their trash, on their roof, in their car, or in their house? I'm going to say in their house. That is correct. Three <laughs> wow. for three, Chip Chantry. I mean, he deserves it, the way uh, he's answered those questions. A Fishtown couple, which is a part of Philadelphia for those that don't know, a Fishtown couple walked downstairs and saw a malnourished puppy hanging out with their other dog. They were completely baffled because all of their doors were locked. But then security cameras showed the dog limp in from the cold and then a neighbor noticing that their door was open at 3.15 a.m. and closing it for them. 
So not only did they luck out and uh, get themselves a new dog, they also did not have a crackhead walk in (laughs) to that open door. So they celebrated by adopting the dog and naming her Susie. Wow. That's that's incredible. It turns out that you, Chip Chantry, Deserve deserve dogs. dogs. Uh, So hard. I I, I feel honored. I feel honored. (laughs) And cats. We didn't even talk about your cats, but. Oh, uh, they're great. They do their thing. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Dude, this was great. And it's been too long. It was really cool hanging out and seeing you. Uh, I want to take credit for this. I think I might have pressured him into buying that microphone because I asked him so many times during the choir. Exactly. (laughs) Are you jealous of that microphone? It's sort of. I'm wondering if Richie's jealous of that microphone. No, it's like mine's long bigger. and skinny. Okay. Uh, it's actually, I have to say, this is actually a hairbrush. I'm not oh. even using a microphone. It's, <laughs> I haven't been recording this at all. So, sorry, guys. Uh, so, dude, where can people find you? Uh, find me just at Chip Chantry on Instagram, on Twitter, you know, at anywhere, at Chip Chantry, chipchantry.com. Uh, I got two albums out, Swingers Party and Across from the Adonis. Great name. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they're just, they're everywhere. Uh, everywhere where you can find albums. Fantastic. Excellent. And uh, yeah. you guys know you can find me. Everything is at Richie Redding. And my new album, which I very douchily named number one album of the year, <laughs> is uh, now on sale everywhere also. And thank you for those of you that have already bought it. It means the world to me. You've been sending me messages showing me that you got it. And also uh, the picture of, air quotes, me naked on the bed, uh, hanging dong, looks really funny when you uh, play it in your car. <laughs> really funny. <laughs> There's dashboard. Oh, that's great. Right. I'm excited to hear it, man. I'm I, excited. Congrats on it. I Thanks, like bro. the Chloe tattoo in it. If you haven't noticed the Chloe tattoo, I had to be told about it. I didn't notice it, but it's there. Yes. I yeah. did not put a tattoo that said, I heart Lisa. I made one that said, I heart Chloe. And that's what's great about Lisa is that she loves the tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Amazing. Then they'll follow you. At Dr. Lisa Lipman. And that's our show. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to We Don't Deserve Dogs. I'm Richie Redding. And I'm Dr. Lisa Lipman. Yeah. And you can find both of us at our respective handles, those exact names, at Richie Redding, at Dr. Lisa Lippman. And uh, I just want to give special thanks to our editor, of course, who is Jordan Aaron, and our executive producer, King Joffrey himself, Jeff Umbro, of The Podglomerate. And you can find more of their shows at thepodglomerate.com. Some of the music in this episode comes from Breakmaster Cylinder. Make sure to check out the sponsors you heard in this episode because that really helps provide the show to you free of charge. Let them know we sent you. It also really helps people to find the show if you rate and review on Apple Podcasts or share an episode on socials. Tag us at We Don't Deserve Dogs and let us know what you thought. We'll see you next week when we return with another episode of We Don't Deserve Dogs. All content provided on We Don't Deserve Dogs is for informational purposes and entertainment value only. None of the content on We Don't Deserve Dogs is intended to constitute third-party veterinary advice or any other third-party professional advice. The content We Don't Deserve Dogs distributes or transmits should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice. Nothing on We Don't Deserve Dogs is intended to be used as a veterinarian's diagnosis, veterinary treatment, or any other veterinary service and should not be relied on to affect the medical therapy of any pet. Nothing transmitted to or from We Don't Deserve Dogs can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. Your dependence on the content of any information found on or transmitted by We Don't Deserve Dogs is at your own risk. For veterinary care and advice, please see your veterinarian.
the Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.